My Texas Table presents the Healthy Brain Podcast. This is the show for people who want to improve their brain stability, clarity, and longevity. Here's your host, certified health coach, Carrie Wainwright-Miller. Hey, my friends, I want to welcome you to the Healthy Brain Podcast, where we stand up and speak truth about what's healthy in this world, especially when it comes to brain health. I mean, you won't find any sugarcoating in this space. Today, I have the privilege of introducing a very special guest. She's a licensed professional counselor supervisor, registered play therapist supervisor, ropes course challenge course facilitator, registered yoga teacher, and sound therapist, which we got a little taste of a little earlier, right? That's right. And she served in public education, private practice as a yoga therapist, and in agency settings for nearly three decades. Welcome to the Healthy Brain Podcast, Amy Lyles. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with you today. I mean, because you're such a beacon of light to others and throughout your entire career. I mean, you're the founder of a nonprofit. Is that correct? That's correct. The Greater Mercy here in Wimberley, Texas. And as I, I was reading on the website, on the about page, the first couple of sentences read something that hit home to me. I mean, it said, you had mentioned, the greater mercy is all around us. It binds us together with nature and each other. The greater mercy holds us all, even when we have turned our backs on each other and nature. Amy, can you please tell us, like, what's the meaning behind those words? Absolutely. I think we're actually experiencing that in our world right now. What's happening is proving to us that we're all interconnected. Just you don't know how one thing is going to lead to another, but, you know, they've shown pollution's gone down, we've slowed down, different things have happened, and just our interconnectedness. I think maybe we had lost sight of that a little bit, and one of our missions is to remind that in our young people to help them understand that we're all connected, which means we're here for them, too, as they become our future leaders. Yeah, yeah, just helping those generations to come. So, wow, spoken truth. I mean, it it is July 2020, and we're in the midst of COVID-19, and there just seems to be so much turmoil with people like losing loved ones or individuals losing jobs and homesteads, and crime is its all-time high or rising, and the depression and anxiety that has filtered throughout this world is just incredible. It could be so overwhelming to me and to everyone else. I mean, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S. is affecting 40 million adults ages 18 and older. I mean, depression is most common in ages 18 to 25. Do you find that in your practice? Do you yes, ma'am. see a mm-hmm. lot? Mm, so sad. How do you counsel an individual with anxiety to get through this particular time? Well, it's different for everyone, but when you think about what anxiety is, it's a busyness of the mind. We get lost in our mind. Our mind starts to tell us stories. We go down rabbit holes. And because of how our world has become, we have, especially young people, spent so much more time in their minds, on their phones, thinking and feeling, and we've lost a little bit of a balance. And so depending on every person is different, I would get to know them. But that's why the greater mercy and how I operate are more experiential 
including the whole body. So how you calm the mind down is wake up the other parts of your body. You, I use yoga therapy as a tool. There's a lot of breath work and body work that it can get you in your body, which naturally, if you're in your body, you're not in your mind as much. And so it has less power over you. It's still there. The stories are still there. So we have to work through the source of those. But through yoga and some other practices, the sound, which you just experienced, and other things, way just being out in nature even can be very grounding and you automatically, like it's July in Texas right now. You can't step outside without going, it's hot, <laughs> right? Like that's immediate right there. I'm not in my mind anymore. I'm on my body. I'm sweating. It's hot. It's hot. It's a, Oh, there's a bird. Oh, there's a bug, right? So immediacy of what's around you, you start to have a wider perspective. Mm, yeah. You know, Amy, a lot of my listeners have loved ones with some form of dementia, and they perhaps are suffering from depression. And could you tell us maybe a couple of your top two or three strategies that they could implement at home to help alleviate maybe some of the pain that they're going through? I mean, obviously, a holistic approach. Yes. Well, first of all, I have a lot of compassion for any kind of caregiver in any kind of role. And so I would want them to have that same compassion for themselves that they would someone else who's constantly in that role. And to go back and to remember the why of what they do. Why am I serving in this? Why do I do this? Because when you can get in touch with the why of what you're doing, what happens and all around it has less of an impact. I And so when you get lost and it happens in the constant wave after wave of what that's like to take a breath, go outside, take a breath if you can even do that and try to get in touch with your why. And then that would be the number one. And then the number two would build it in some self-care. What lights you up? What's your sparkle? It could be reading. It could be taking a bath. It could be calling a friend. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But what fills your cup? Schedule it into your day as often as you can, you know, at least once a day. And I know like people would tell me that. And I work with at-risk youth where I didn't even have time to go to the bathroom. I looked at them, are you crazy? (laughs) No, but then it has to be a product. You have to schedule it probably. Maybe not now, but maybe we're not as bound to the clock as we were before this pandemic, or I'm going to speak for myself there, but it's still to make it a priority in, in your life where you schedule it and make sure that it happens. Yeah, self-care. Yeah, that's really good. And then perhaps times people don't ask for help because they don't think that someone would want to help. But there are a lot of people who would be willing to help neighbors and friends and family members as well. Sometimes you hate to bug the family members. Yes, but I, I think that we all have had a world of that. We're like going back to the interconnectedness. My whole life, I haven't asked for help and given circumstances to do that. I've projected onto others that so they don't have the time. They don't want to. In reality, think of how you feel when someone asks you to help them. Usually you feel honored. Usually you're glad to do that. And so we have to stop deciding for somebody else what, how they will or won't respond to our request for help. In reality, most of the time people are, are honored and feel glad to help. Yeah. So Amy, suicide rates in the U.S. have been rising steadily since 2000. I mean, we were just talking about this 
what was the rate? Yeah. The ones that I have seen, I think from Samson, I'm not for sure where I got the statistic, but in the last decade, it's gone up 114% in the age group that I mostly work with, 14 to 25. That 10 years gap is a really critical time. As I was digging, I found an article in September, I believe it was 2019 article in the Corridor News that you were in, because this topic hits so close to home for so many of us during these times. You were quoted saying, we are aware that it's not easy to talk about suicide. And that is why training our team to talk candidly about it is critical. Can you teach us one or two techniques, perhaps something we can do or say to someone who's having suicidal thoughts? Absolutely. You're right. Last year, we had a local professional who's, she calls herself a suicidologist. She's worked at Texas A&M and Texas State in suicide prevention. She knows her stuff. And she trained us all in a method that's easy to remember because it has initials and it's QPR. And the Q stands for question, because a lot of times when someone might bring up suicide, they say, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because I won't be around. They're vague, or they hint, or they say something. And so the first one is Q, you question. Well, what do you mean by that? And directly, and then let them explain. And if it's nothing, it's nothing. But if then they lead towards, well, you know, you directly ask the question, are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about killing yourself? You have to ask that question. And it's so hard to do. So hard to do, especially with the people we love, right? We don't want to often hear the answer or can't handle the truth. But if you can't ask that question, you find someone who can ask that question. And most of us shy away from the questions, but the studies show asking the question directly is the way to go. And a lot of people who've attempted later say, I wish someone would have said, stopped me or said something. And so the Q is question. The P is persuade. So you're persuading them to get help on their own. So you would say, you know, I know a lot of good people that we could take you, do we do this, this or that? And hopefully they do it. But if not, then you refer. You could call someone, you could make the connection with or call someone who can have influence over them where they get the help that they need. So, Amy, I'm sure you've got other practices that you incorporate into your space, correct? I mean, I'd love for you, we talked a little bit about them, but I'd love for you to expand on those individually so that the listeners know exactly what's available. And if they don't live in this area, that's okay. I mean, they can go Google it and look for that particular method, you know, that they're practiced, that they're Well, good. I'll start developmentally then. I'm a trained therapist. And in my practice, in my experience, I found often that words fell short. The first way I found was working with very young people. They haven't developed the words or the vocabulary. And the the way that they express themselves is through play. And so a big tool that I have is for young people, play, art, movement, That's how they express themselves. And so that's how they can work through and feel understood. And so added on to that and became a play therapist. And then over time, my husband has a chronic illness and working with young people. And that's how the ropes course. That's another way that we can, we learn to work together and our patterns come out in a way we can figure out how we operate in the world through that. So getting to the at-risk youth 
And then with the chronic illness, my husband and I have been together since we were 14, and I'm about to be 50, that's so sweet. that's a long time. Yeah. Oh, you look great. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I know who he is. I know his essence, and I know how he operates in the world. And he was this person until he had this chronic illness, and then he was this whole other person because of how the illness affected him. And talk was not going to touch it. It had affected his body. It had affected his psyche. It affected his energy levels. And so then I went to the training for the yoga therapy where we can use the body to help and the breath and everything that's the meditation and the visualization. And the yoga means union. So to bring it all together, how our body and our mind and our emotions are all intertwined. And there's many paths up the mountain. It doesn't have to be talking. It can be having an experience where you realize, oh, I do know how to get my body in a relaxed state. Does it make me well? No. But for this moment, do I know how to lower my pain? Do I know how to influence my system? And you learn that you're in relationship with yourself. And sometimes you honor that relationship and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feed it something you know it's going to have a reaction to and you still do it anyway. (laughs) Or you're running and you feel a pain in your leg and you still keep going. But then sometimes you honor that and you listen and then your body starts to trust you more. And then when you're in right relationship, things naturally come to a better balance, to a more coherent state. And so Through that yoga therapy training, I met the person who introduced me to sound. I'm a science quantum physics junkie. And during this training, really, I was not into sound, but there was a man in the training and I was paying attention and there were everything about this man made you want to come sit close to him and just listen. I don't know what it was about him. It was like if you walked into a church and there are people stirring everywhere and you look over and you see, I'm going to go sit at the foot of this person. I don't know. I'm supposed to learn something from this. And so he, I said, what do you do? And he said, I do sound, come experience it. And it's through those experiences where I know at the cellular level, the influence, sound and light are two measurable scientific things. We already use them in mainstream medicine all the time, you know, a sonogram or an MRI or different things have different frequencies. And Like Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the universe, look at energy, frequency, and vibration. And so the sound does all that. So I could go down a science hole, but I won't. I can tell you're geeking out. Yeah. (laughs) So some of those are the other tools I use besides my foundational training of just talk therapy in general. I think that it's at a point where we're needing to incorporate all of those things together because we are a complicated being and every person presents themselves in a little different way, but their body is so smart and it intuitively knows the way we have forgotten that. You know, I think the most ingenious thing on the planet is our body. You know, we're sitting here right now. I don't know. Are you deciding how much bile to produce or are you deciding right now you're looking at me, your pupils to dilate or not? No, there's a million decisions being made every second for your benefit. And when we recognize that and are in relationship with that, it's the most miraculous thing there is. And it intuitively knows how to, the way, if we can help it stay in balance by doing the things we know help it stay in balance. Yeah. Well, so you don't really have a number one practice where here that that you feel that heals you from within. 
Like it's it's a combination is what you're saying, right? Yeah. It's not just one thing. Right. It's helping them be in relationship with themselves and know what those things are. You know, and I think that as Americans, we might intuitively already know what we need to do to do better. And we have this difficulty actually doing it. So some of the things that I do with people is help them bridge that gap. If they come to sound and their body becomes more imbalanced, oh, I already know what I need to do. They actually can bridge the gap to start doing that, whether it's drink more water or eat less of this or drink less of that or get more sleep. We know we're just, we feel like for whatever reason, we're not able to do that. So it it fills them up enough where they can or feel like they want to do those things. Yeah, interesting. And just to let y'all know, I had a session a little while ago in sound therapy, and it was so enlightening and relaxing. And I told you what, Amy, at the very beginning, let's don't do any meditation or (laughs) (laughs) yoga or anything like that. My fight or flight, man, that just doesn't work for me. And wow, this sound therapy was an eye opener for me. And I didn't want to leave the table, almost fell asleep. It was beautiful. It was so relaxing. And I was able to take my mind off the world and the worldly things, all the things, the bad things, and just be mindful of the little things that were just going on around me. I noticed that my breath was slower. My breathing was definitely a lot slower. Yeah, it's an actual sound wave, and each of those bowls are tuned to a different frequency. Yeah, they're bowls, y'all. Yeah. It reminded me of handbells. Yeah. In a choir, in a church choir or something. I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it competes with your brain waves and competes in general with to help you become synchronized or balanced. And so a lot of people who have a hard time meditating when they do sound, their body reaches that same meditative state. And in that state is where the magic happens. You know, you can actually grow gray matter. Your body actually regenerates in a way that even sleep doesn't really do. It's a different wiring. And so it does help your body reach that state that is hard for so many people to reach. And once you've reached it, you know it and you can't unknow it. Your body will seek that out or know that it can go there in the future without drugs or alcohol or other kinds of substance, there's another way to reach that state. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because so how how many times do we turn to alcohol and drugs and things like that? To reach that state, they want the relaxation and the calm, and maybe it's the only tool they have, but there's more out there. Yeah, and when you do things like that, then you feel bad afterwards, (laughs) whereas sound therapy, you don't feel bad. That's right. There are consequences to your body for that, right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. And especially for your brain. You know, your body takes a beating and your brain does too. It's so bad for your brain. So there are consequences for sound on your body too, but they're good ones, Mm -hmm. right? Like it it continually unfolds. It's not like you go back and it comes back. If you were to come back again, you would already be at this state and go further. It's a build upon your body knows the way and it creates a more balanced where you're functioning from your best uh, self, it's you, you're getting your cape on or your wings. <laughs> Clearing your mind. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely coming back for another session. All right. That's awesome. So, Amy, are you familiar with Ann Voskamp? Have you ever heard? She's got a book out, Be the Gift. And this world, if we look at this world, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's broken. And God can use each of us to be a gift to one another 
And in healing, we tend to find healing. And we have an incredible opportunity before us where we can choose to be the gift in this broken world. And there's so many individuals that can't see outside of themselves, their own problems. I mean, me included. I mean, we go through our spills there. And how would we go about being the gift in this Mm. world? I mean, what's a good starting point? What would you suggest? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that one. I'm going to tell you what not to do and what I did. I thought that I had to do something outside of myself. I have, you named it all. How many credentials do I have? It's ridiculous. It's a lot. Prove to the world that I can. How can I serve? How can I serve? Do, 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 do. I work. I have three jobs. I keep going and going. And, you know, I work in a school system and I some of that, those parts are broken, just to be honest. And trying to help support a system that's crumbling is really difficult. I stand in a lot of hard places. And I had this dream maybe four or five years ago. And in this dream, I had started a new school and the school was beautiful. It was teaching, you know, everything that you just read about the greater mercy. We were in communion with each other and in nature. We were learning how to be a people who honored each other and the planet and I was so proud of myself, but I was running around like, you know, if you're in charge of a school of children, if you haven't ever worked in a school, let me tell you, it's difficult. (laughs) Anyway, I I was running around like a crazy person. And in this dream, it looked like an angel just appeared. And I looked at her and I said, look what I've done. Aren't you proud of me? And she looked down in the most beautiful, compassionate, sweet face like, oh, sweet darling, this is wonderful. But what you need to know is just who you are is enough. And then there was this light and it came to me. I don't want to get too woo-woo. But after that, I've realized our gift is who we are, not what we do. And if we're authentically who we are, we're put in the right places with the right people to do the work that needs to be done. We are the gift. If we're true to ourselves and don't walk around pretending to be something you're not, if you're who you are, that is the gift. Yeah, that's awesome. So Amy, I've got one last question All right, for you. I'm ready. Before we wrap it up here, there's that old adage, garbage in, garbage out. I mean, what we feed our minds is critical. And can you please explain to us how important the mind is in setting the stage mm. for positive change? Mm-hmm. Here we talk about doing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to, because garbage in, garbage out, it's outside of yourself. So I'm going to use the mind the same way. Let's pretend that we were friends in real life, Carrie, but that we had a lot of different opinions about things. And you would come and you would say, Oh, Amy, you know, okay, let's just take the epidemic. How many opinions are out there about it, right? And so let's say you had one that differed from mine. I would listen to your opinion, and in my mind, I go, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't believe that, right? And so what we need to learn about the mind, garbage in, garbage out, is we may do a good job of that with others. We hear something, it doesn't resonate, we don't believe it. We hear something, it resonates, we believe it. To a certain extent, we have a certain filter. We need to do that to ourselves, right? Sometimes we have thoughts and feelings about ourselves that we need to check, and we need to decide whether we want to believe it or not, as if 
it were our friend telling us that. So when we talked about taking care of yourself, if you're a caregiver, we don't need to go ahead and decide for somebody else whether they want to help us or not. We need to let that go. We need to go, oh, that's a thought that I had. Do I want to believe that thought and attach to it or identify with it or not? Or just go recognize that I had a thought. We can take a step back from our mind and we can recognize when it's feeding us garbage out of fear or whatever reason, because there is a lot of garbage in the mind right now because people are scared and other things. And so we can just put it in the same pocket as we would as a friend who was saying something that they thought was going to be helpful to us, but we don't have to take it in as our own. And that even includes our mind or what we see on TV. And when we realize we're in relationship with our bodies, we're also in relationship with our mind. These are thoughts. They are not us. They are a part of us, but they are not us. And we cannot identify with them if we choose. We just have to recognize that in the moment. Yeah, we've got a choice. Yeah. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time. I am sure that my listeners have been blessed today by your kind heart and the knowledge that you've so freely shared with them. And I know I've been blessed. And I greatly appreciate you and the difference you make in the lives of others. You're a true giver of life and highly respected, I know, in this fine community here in Wimberley, Texas. Look, I'd love for you to share with the audience where you can be found. So if you want to find me, just walk around Wimberley or I'm, I'm at the school. Get in touch with me, practice. y'all. Just there get you in touch go. with me. I got her number. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk quantum physics or sound or any other geeky thing, I'm right there. So thank you for your gift uh, yeah. and spreading the word. Good oh, work. Oh, yes. And thank you again, Amy. It's been such a pleasure visiting with you. God bless you. You too. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace personalized advice from your healthcare provider. If you have specific medical questions, please talk to a licensed medical professional.